Thank you for joining our podcast here at Peninsula Covenant Church. Stay tuned as together we'll study God's Word. Good morning, PCC. Welcome home. And happy 70th anniversary. You're looking younger than that today. It's good to see you. So grateful. Claire, God bless you and the work and faithfulness. You represent a generation that built this place uh, that really in many ways uh, enabled for all of us to walk into it and then experience his great love. We're in the midst of our series, His Great Love. We're in the sixth week of it. And I don't know where you are with experiencing God's great love. I hope that song began to leak into your soul because I do know this, God loves us. And we are forgetful people who believe lies. And today, what we're wanting to do is focus on how God's love provides a discerning spirit so that we can sift through all the things that come our way and determine what is truth and what is a lie. Because this is what I realized. It's important that we have this discerning spirit so that we can actually be the church who lives well into God's love. You can see all the things of how God provides love for us, but this discerning spirit is key. Imagine us as a church moving forward in the next 70 years and how much we need this discerning spirit to determine everything from who's our next lead pastor to what's our involvement to what is God really, really calling us to. So we cannot be the church well if we're not living into his truth well, and we need this discerning spirit. What I love about this, if we live into this discerning spirit, we'll live out our mission. Our mission, you'll see it up uh, on the screen, is empowering the generations to passionately follow Christ. In order to live passionately for Christ, you need the spirit of God within you to sustain you. And this spirit helps us live into our core, one of our core values, which is following the spirit, which is so powerful. And so as we jump in right now and grab your Bibles, I want you to jo- go to 1 John 3.24. It's the passage just before what Grace read. It's just before chapter 4, 1 John chapter 3, verse 24. And let me set this up. The author, John, is concerned that his people, a group of house churches in Ephesus, modern-day Turkey, are believing lies more than God's truth. Isn't it the same with us? I mean, it's, it always blows my mind how relevant the old text is to the modern day. It's always amazing to me how God's ancient love is so accessible to us today and how much we still need it to decipher What is truth and what is a lie? And that's what John was worried about. And frankly, that's what I'm worried about for us. That's what I'm worried about me. You're going to hear about some lies I often believe and ponder myself. There are lies that we believe. Would you raise your hand if that's true? Do you believe lies? Here's the three type of lies that we wrestle with. Look up on the screen. The three types of lies are lies about ourselves. They're lies about our Savior. And then there's lies about our circumstances. Think about that, lies about ourselves. I go back to when I was a little kid, when I was this age, and I watched my dad, who was a much broader, stronger man, and I would watch when he'd be outside in the back of our yard in the woods, and he'd be cutting wood with an ax, and I remember I'd try to go over and pick up the ax, and I could barely pick it up. 
And then as I grew, I realized I still wasn't very good at this axe. And I began to question my size because my dad was a football player, broad shoulders, stout, just a little bit bigger than me in, in height. And in the end, look at me. I didn't turn out that way, right? And when I was this age, I didn't even look this big. I was scrawnier and scrappy and skinny. And I began to question whether bigger was better and bigger must be best. And I had to wrestle with that. And can you believe it took me into my 30s to work through that lie on my own body image? Kids, adults, God gave you a body. Sure, 80% of it is what it is. You might be able to shift 20% of it, maybe. Good luck with that. Kids, embrace the size, the stature God has given you. Don't believe the lie. How about this lie? Lies about our Savior. Hmm. I believe for a season I didn't need God. That what I believed was enough. Aren't we all like that? What I believe to be true is more trustworthy than God. Don't we all wrestle with that? What I believe is true is more trustworthy than God. Or maybe there is another way. Jesus cannot be the narrow road that he says he is. Don't we question that at times? And then how about our circumstances? Lies about our circumstances. Lies about, hey, it should be better than this. I should be entitled to this. I should be able to control this. I think about my current scenario where over COVID, how many of you have lost somebody during COVID that you just loved? And maybe it was part of your outer circle, okay? Maybe it was part of actually your true inner circle. And I lost three friends that I would say, Two were just my outer circle, but one was my inner circle. All 53-year-old men. God, where are you in that? Where are you in that? So we believe these lies. But here's what I know. And here's our big idea today. When we live from the wrong wells, because we've been talking about how God is this deep, deep well, and that we can take our souls represented by this bucket and go to the well and receive His love, and it provides us a perspective on life. But if we go to the wrong wells, okay, if we live from the wrong wells, look what happens. The lies limit the way we live for God, don't they? When we live from a lie, it limits what we'll do with God. Ian brought up this week in our planning time, he said, hey, I heard this thing about lies, and I liked it. Look where lies lead us. Lies cause us to be lost, isolated, and empty. Let's fast forward from my childhood struggle of structure to my college days. I want you to ponder, what season of life did you get most lost because of the lies you believed? Okay, I need you to grab that right now. Mine was college. I believed this life that my value was less if I couldn't play college athletics, and I wasn't able to. And so that then sent me down this path that I wasn't good enough. And then I got to college and there was all these people smarter than me. Anybody else relate to that when I got to college? Like, where did all these people come from? I thought I was the smartest person. And that led me down this path of emptiness and I believe these lies. And I had no well of God to go to to refute that. So here's how life looked to me during those times. Life looked like this to me. It wasn't very clear. Anybody relate? Because I was drawing from a murky well that wasn't going to lead me in the right way. And then 
What happened, though, post-college, I began to draw from another well, and things began to become clearer. This is what we're talking about, folks, is that where are you drawing from? What well are you drawing from? Because, let's face it, the clear waters of God's loving truth will become murky in our souls if we're drawing from the wrong well. And so John today, as we get into the text, is wanting us to understand really five truths about how we can discern the lies from the truth. So let's look at the first part of the text here. We're going to start in 1 John 3, 24, and here's what it says. And this is how we know he lives in us. We know it by the spirit he gave us. This is such a simple text, 324, 1 John 324. What stands out to you in this text right now? We've been practicing Lectio Divina, which is just reflecting on the text and letting words rise up that stick to us. So take a pause right now. I'm going to read this again. What stands out? And this is how we know he lives in us, that he is God. We know it by the spirit he gave us. What stands out to you in that text? Spirit. Somebody else. He gave. That's the one that got me. Because there's this other line written in the book of John. God so loved the world that he what? Gave his only son. How about this one? God so loved the world that he gave us his spirit also. I want you to hold that. Love is expressed when things are what? Given. And God not only gave his son, he gave his spirit. When you go back then to John's writings again, and you're not going to see it on the screen, but you're going to see it in verse 14, 26. It says this, but the advocate, the holy one, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. So what does the Spirit do? It teaches and reminds us. It gives us clarity if we draw from that well. Here's what I love in the next line in that passage of John. Here's what it says. Peace I leave with you. Peace I give to you. The Spirit of God that God gives us is a spirit of what? Peace. It can settle our souls. Remember my murky thoughts on where is God and why my 353-year-old friends have died in the last year and a half? It has only been through these waters that I can even have an ounce of understanding and perspective on that. Otherwise, I live like this. Covent variant, anybody feeling a little murky about the Covent variant? The fear of it? Has the anxiety come back to you around this? Have you seen someone that you, is in your inner circle now be impacted by that? What would the Spirit want your perspective be on that? That's why we need to be able to come back to the well. So we have this Spirit that is with us. And then look what John goes on to say. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirit to see whether they are from God, because many, what? False prophets have gone out into the world. The truth that God wants us to hold on to here, that John wants us to hold on to is this. Discern, discern what is of God. We can do this. We can discern what God. I want you to come back to our founder, 
Carl Johansson. Raise your hand if that name, you know that name. I want to see how many know and don't know. Raise your hand high. Okay, so a bunch of you are like, Carl who? Carl Joe who? Carl Johansson. Here's a picture of him on the screen. Carl Johansson was a guy who had been in the military. He had gone to Korea, and he thought he was having to go back. And he was back and wanting to start a business. He owned uh, a home in Burlingame, and he was starting a new business in the insurance sector. And he got papers that said, come back. You need to go see your officers up in the Marin area and find out whether you're going back to war. So as he drove across the Golden Gate Bridge <laughs> that moment in 5051, he cries out, Lord, I'll start a church if you get me out of this war. I mean, it's a plea, all right? He goes, it turns out, they let him out. They sign his papers and say, you're good to go. You do not have to go back to the war. He drives back across the Golden Gate Bridge, and what do you think he does? Totally forgets his prayer. Welcome to being human. Isn't that allowed in the grace of God? He totally forgets. And then weeks later, someone from our denomination calls him up because they'd been attending the San Francisco Covenant Church. And the idea was we should start something on the peninsula because Burlingame's a bit far from San Francisco. And the short of it is they say, Carl, will you start this church? And guess what the discerning spirit reminds him of? Oh, my goodness, my prayer. Now, isn't it wonderful that he followed through with that? Because you know he talked to some false prophets that day. He called up probably his business partner or some buddies, and imagine what they said to him. You're starting a business. You just got out of the war. You can't risk this. You got a home. You got a family. Those were false prophets. It sounds like logical wisdom. And look what happened to this day. A man follows through, and we're here today, and a family dedicates a child and takes a first step, like so many first steps you have taken, because one discerned the Spirit. Have you ever thought that the next decision that God is wanting you to discern could have such huge impact? I know that's, I know that's like a very macro concept, but it could. God yearns for us to discern the Spirit. He goes on to say, this is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you've heard is coming and even now is already in the world. I think it's very important for us to get back to the core on the day of our 70th anniversary. What makes something antichrist? What is the difference between the truth of Jesus and all other religions and philosophies? And I actually think we need to hold this very graciously, but very firmly. Especially in this day and age. Absolute truth is a bit uh, shaky. It's a bit murky, isn't it? Absolute truth is. But here is the truth about Jesus. And we need to hold to this graciously and firmly. The first is Jesus, the differentiating factor is that he is God incarnate in flesh. The second is this. He, like no other, rose from the dead. You have to put faith in that miracle of the resurrection. That is a differentiating factor. And then look at the third one. It is by grace and then by faith 
that we have access to this. And let's put works in their right place today on the 70th anniversary. Works are a response to his love. Works do not earn his favor. Works are a response to his love. That's why we're actually talking about God's love. And any work that is anti-Christ or any philosophy that's anti-Christ, we must avoid it because it causes us to not live fully for him. John goes on to say, and he calls us by his favorite name for us, dear children. You, dear children, are from who? God. And have overcome the evil ones they're talking about because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is what? In the world. The truth that John's wanting his followers and I'm wanting us to be reminded of today is this. God's spirit is what? Greater than the world's spirit. Can we actually just clap for that? Okay? There is a spirit within us when we put faith in Christ that is greater, that allows us to see things in a clear way. Don't get me wrong. It gets murky at times, correct? It does. And we need one another, and we need to come back to the truth and get to the well to get clarity. But in the end, peace can prevail amongst any circumstance. Contentment can be found when it seems like you don't have enough. Faith can be chosen over doubt because the one who is in you is greater than what? The one that's in the world. I'm celebrating an anniversary today. It's my 29th wedding anniversary. All right? (laughs) You should actually be clapping for my wife. Because I have... (laughs) Because I have never experienced more of God's grace than via her in the journey. And here's the irony. Let's go back to this. My wife at some point had to choose that God's spirit was greater than the world's spirit. Because back in 1991, she came to this decision point in her life on what to do with me. And the decision point went like this. We had come out of college. We had dated for four years. We assumed we were going to get married. But her faith then came back alive down in L.A., frankly, at a covenant church, Rolling Hills Covenant. She was in a women's Bible study, and there was this woman 30 years older than her named Ann Call. And Ann Call on one day said to her, and then another day, and then the next day said, you should dump him. Because he is anti-Christ. Because I had no faith in Christ. And so my wife, that seemed pretty murky to her, and so she went to friends, and she went to family, and they said to her, oh, he's good. Keep him. You didn't respond very positively to that. And fortunately, she did not either, because she chose to go with what the Spirit was saying in her over the world. She denied family, our closest college friends, and she dumped me. And because she chose greater, because she chose from the greater well, it created this catalytic effect in me by the Spirit. And while I was in the dumped season, 
I came to actually understand the well of God's love and came to receive him. It was remarkable. I would never recommend to my daughters to re-receive somebody that quickly like she did me because I wouldn't trust them. I'm not sure I would have trusted me back then. But do you understand? She chose the greater spirit and did the harder thing. I pose to you right now, where is God calling you to seemingly a harder and greater thing by his spirit and the world is telling you to do the lesser? Because if, like Carl Johansson, you choose the greater, if, like my wife, you choose the greater, you have no idea what can transpire. And it may look murky now, but oh, when you look back, it was so clear what was needed to be done. Isn't that so? Thank the Lord. He finishes up and says this, they are from the world and therefore speak from the viewpoint of the world. The world listens to them. We are from God and whoever knows God's listened to us. But whoever is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. Here's the final truth about trying to walk with the spirit. You'll be misunderstood. I remember going out with some of our friends and family, and they kind of went, I don't know what happened to Missy. I'm surprised she dumped you. I think when Carl Johansson uh, took out a second mortgage on his house to help buy this property, and then he asked five, six, seven, ten other people to do the same, I bet you there were some other people who didn't understand taking out a second mortgage to buy a property on Farm Hill Boulevard. And then, 20 years later, when they took out second mortgages to build the community center, which thank goodness they did, because I don't know if you realize this, it was in the gymnasium that I found the love of God, not through his Bible, but through men who loved on me through basketball, then who brought me and helped me understand the Bible. Thank goodness for... Crazy people who took out second mortgages. If I asked you today to take out a second mortgage to raise $20 million for our future, I know how I even feel about asking that. I'm not even asking. I'm just testing the waters because that's absurd. You will be misunderstood when you walk with the Spirit of God. But most importantly, God is concerned, and John was concerned, that final line, This is how we recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. Ten times John brings up the word truth in the book of 1 John because that's what he wants him to hold to more than anything. So as we go today, I need you to do a little work right now. Ian and the band are going to come up. I need you to identify the wells that you need to walk away from so you can come back to the better well. Who are the people What are the places, what are the philosophies that you need to lean away from and detour back to God's will? And then what are the lies? What's the lie you believe about yourself, about God, about your circumstances? So let's pause right now. I'm going to pray for us and ask you to do that work. What are the wells? 
What are the lies? And actually just give those to God. God, I acknowledge I have this well of these people that I need to come back to your well. Or I need to get back to the well of your word, God. And God, I believe this lie about my current circumstances. I'm so mad at you about that. And God, I believe this lie about myself that I'm not good enough and you're not enough. What are the lies? What are the wells? Father in heaven, we acknowledge right now that you are greater than the one in the world. And we ask, Father, in the powerful name of Jesus, that you would bring clarity. That, God, you would bring the word, that you would actually bring the person of truth, that you would help us release, God, where we are and head more towards where we need to be. Thank you for those who have come before us that has shown us the power of your spirit and the impact of one walks in faith. Speak to us now, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for tuning in to our message podcast here at Peninsula Covenant Church. We would love the opportunity to connect with you more. We are located in Redwood City, California, and you can find us online at wearepcc.com You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter by simply searching for We Are PCC.